Welcome to the T2 Hubcast. Join T2 and guests as they discuss all things personal and professional development. The T2 Hubcast, brought to you by the People Performance People. So welcome to the T2 Hubcast with me, Martin Johnson. And me, Tracy Roberts. Giggling all Why are you pointing in the air? Because when I say <laughs> me, Martin Johnson, I like to give it a bit Put of a celebration. Up. Yeah. Okay. Thought you were doing Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> <laughs> it's January T, January the 11th. I'm doing dry January, by the way. I know, aren't you doing well? 11 days in. Wow. And, um, Never thought I'd see the day. I got through the first weekend. I'm not promising I'm going to make it to the end. <laughs> But I'm going to see if I can crack at least this second weekend because I'm training at the gym. I'm feeling good. Mm. And why not try and complete what you've started? Absolutely. Show Set some, yourself up for success. Show some willpower. Other than that, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I can't believe we're 11 days in already. I know. It's been mad. I know. Busy. Got a lot going on this year. Yep. 2023 is a big year. It's a huge year. We've got lots of plans uh, for growth. We've got lots of plans for product development. We've got plans for recruitment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, stuff in the world of sport, business, public sector. It's all good. Yeah. Uh, we've got our up and coming leadership retreat in 2023, the very first one that we're going to launch. Yeah, it's exciting. More news to come on that soon. Yeah, watch the space. Yeah, but that's going to be epic. Um, mm-hmm. But other than that, it's about getting in early and getting some podcasts under our belt and having a look at 2023 and going, Right, what does this year bring? Mm-hmm. What are the trends? What does people need to look out for? And I think let's start from a just a general basis of what we do and mm-hmm. what all organizations need to cater for, which is learning and development. Yeah. What are the trends in learning and development that organizations need to watch out for or be focused on this year? Yeah, for sure. Because lots has changed, doesn't it, since mm. the pandemic? Um, and just our learning styles and the way we do things are changing constantly, aren't they? So we can't just always do what we've always done. It's not going to land. No. And I guess what we always do, T, at the end of every year, isn't it, is we always look at the trends in L&D from two perspectives. What are the delivery trends? Yeah. I.e. the way in which we deliver development to our employees. Mm -hmm. Is that changing? Is it evolving? Do we need to shift? You know, and post-pandemic and in a now hybrid world, for example, how do we deliver effective learning development? What's the platform, the mechanisms on which we do that? Mm -hmm. Do we do it virtual, face-to-face, blend? What's the difference between blended and hybrid, et cetera, et cetera? So I think we look at it from a delivery perspective, but we also look at it from a content and theme perspective. So what are actually the key areas that organizations need to focus on or that are absolutely hot right now in terms yeah. of the mind of the employee. Absolutely. Because we want to get it right. And if you want to get more bang for your buck, considering both things are definitely going to be key this year. Um, there's so many variables in there, isn't there? Learning styles, the way we do things, the way we operate as businesses, the stuff that's just meh now mm. that people are just not paying any attention to. And of course, there's things we need to dial up on massively because of the changing world. Well, what's interesting is, the top five content areas that we're going to go through today, they don't always change massively. Sometimes they interchange and one becomes more hot than the others. But this year there is a couple of uh, emerging areas that as a result of what's gone before, Mm. a couple of areas that really I think organizations need to focus on. But content is important and delivery is everything, as we always say. So you've got to split the two. 
And if you're going to deliver effective learning development programs, whether it's internally through your own team or whether mm. it's through a partner like us here at T2, yeah. what are the fundamentals uh, that you need to be looking at in order to do that effectively? Sure. So should we start with delivery? Yeah, let's look at that. It's the stuff we know quite a lot about, right? Okay. <laughs> so 2023 trends for learning development. Um, the first trend that I want to talk about in terms of delivery is what we're calling speed learning. Mm. Now, you know, it, it's evolved more and more over the years, but it's more apparent than ever now that people want to know the answer now. Yeah, they want to click a button. Yeah. It's there, don't they? Yeah. And, and it's like, you know, gone are the days where you go on a year's course. Well, not gone are the days because this still exists, but where you go on a year's course and all the rest of it. Uh, nowadays, we used to be able to access new information in an instant. Whenever, mm -hmm. wherever we are. Yeah, literally wherever we are. So it's like, if you you know, if you think about it, if you want to, if you're watching a Netflix series and you want to find out the name of the actor, you Google it. Oh, we do it all the time, don't we? How, about 10 minutes in, you're like, oh, I've seen this guy somewhere else. Where you know, Or you watch the crowd and you go, is that actually factually correct? Shall I check this out on Wikipedia? <laughs> and before you know it, you're reading out in the middle of the film the entire history of that actor, what they've been in, yeah. where they was born, who they're married to, and you, your partner's going, well, you just shut up. There's always one of you that's that person, isn't there? Yeah, that's me, by the way. <laughs> or if you want to know the phone number for somewhere, you Google it or the postcode, you Google it. You know, we're used to finding the answers to information incredibly quickly. Instantaneous gratification, that's what we want. And so yeah. why is the L&D world in the corporate world should be any different? You know, oh, no. do I have to go always on a six, seven hour course to get the answer to a question that I might need? No, you don't, is what the trends are telling us. Um, you can know the top line stuff, right? You can, you can go, right, what do I need to know right now? And then I can deep dive it later. Yeah. And, yeah. and and so having access to real-time content or answers to questions via either technology or whatever mm. it may be is incredibly important. Mm. What we also know in this is that the nature of the content needs to be instantaneous. Mm. So if it's, um, if it's a written answer, I need a couple of lines. I need the answer. Point. I yeah. don't want to read three pages. No. If it's a video, I want it to be 60 seconds, a TikTok or you know, a, a, a 60 second excerpt from a longer video that gives me a mm. power suggestion or answer to a question. Yeah. Because we're getting more and more generally impatient because we're so used to being able to find an answer to a solution incredibly quickly. Mm. Speed learning, the delivery of speed learning in your organization, whether it's through your intranet, whether it's through a, a learning platform, an LMS mm. system, whether it's through a directory, wh whatever it is, right, a SharePoint, server you need to be able to have somewhere a library a platform where people can speed learn and find the answers to questions yeah. operationally culturally whatever it might be instantly and and have options because we all know that's probably where it starts because quite a lot of time when you want to learn something it's because something's going on so you go crap i need to go find something out about that you click a link, you'll get the short version in the 60 second video. And usually there's something there in bold that you can click on. And if you want to know more detail, you can go there later, right? So it's quite important to remember that everyone's learning style is different. The other thing about speed learning is that it can be short bursts over a long period of time. So for some people, it's a bit like having flashcards, isn't it? It's quite repetitive, but you'll go back to it, you know, several times. And as a consequence of that, you'll take the information in quicker because actually you're not trying to cram it in your brain as, as quickly and also so, if you sit on a 
and, and there's values to both. We're not saying there isn't, but if you sit on a six-hour yeah. course, there's a lot of information and you come away and the danger is that you come away with that much that you don't retain anything. Yeah. Whereas if you get the answer to one thing that you're having to tackle in the moment and then you go and apply Real-time it, learning, yeah. it's going to stay with you. It's going to sit in your computer, in your brain, and then mm. that's something that you've learned on how to deal with a certain situation. You're more yeah. likely to retain it. Yeah, for sure. So speed learning is the first trend of L&D. It's mm. been right. It's, you know, it's, it's a it's risen over the last probably four or five years as the, as LMSs and platforms and, mm. you know, platforms like YouTube and Google and Facebook and all these instant gratification, instant answer technologies have, have, have come to fruition. But more than ever now, it's seriously coming out in the research that people's patience is, is, is waning. And it's like, mm. right, if I've got a dilemma, let me go somewhere to get the answer. Mm. You know, and, and that's the best way. It's just making it credible, isn't it? So not relying on Wikipedia for information on. <laughs> really important point you yeah. made before we move on to the next one. Yeah. It's got to be credible, though. Reference it, and make sure it's correct. And that's the $50 million question. Yeah. Number two, personalized learning. I need mm. my own learner journey. So when it comes to our learning development, everybody has different needs, of course. Yeah, yeah. One person may need help with managing different mindset types. The others may need personal coaching, skill sets, whatever it might be. So what they're saying is I'm really happy to go through a learning um, Mm. program as a group, Uh, Mm. certainly if it's a like-minded group that are all doing the same job or need the same skill set. But I really flourish when I've got my own individual personalized learning yeah. journey. And that's not just individual development plans with your manager around no. your That's actually in terms of my ongoing yeah. development, whether it's leadership development. So I can go on a leadership course with a lot of other people and we'll all pick different things from it. But why not have my own personalized leadership development yeah. journey as well, which is absolutely tailored and designed around me. So I think this is coming to fruition a little bit more now personalized learning journeys yeah it just it just needs to feel personal like you say you can be on a I guess it's a bit like the way we see things it's like you know you go on a generic course and there'll be parts of that that you're already an expert on some of it that you need to dip into but um, it will link to something you're going to talk about in a bit actually but what can you then tap into afterwards if you want to look at things differently or deep dive something a bit more or feel like there's a next level even though maybe you're not ready for it right now you know um it's just been able to map it out and have something to aim for isn't it as well absolutely so as well as speed learning i need a personalized learning experience as well number three resources not just courses and this is not doing traditional learning development uh, a disservice because the bulk of still what we do today, T, across mm. the world and the industry yeah. is very much group learning and yeah, very much classroom and very much it, it, lots of interactive stuff. Mm. You know, we blend it as we'll come to with other stuff. But what they're saying is that in isolation is not enough. It's fantastic and it's, it's you can't ever take that away from us. But give me some other resources mm. when I return back to my organization to help embed those learnings. Yeah, you've got to bring it to life somehow. It could be visuals. Give me yeah. give me some visual representation of what I've learned, a reminder, or give me some tools that I can, you know, refer back to when I'm in the moment to go, ah, yes, that's how I deal with this situation. Mm. Infographs, um, what like little like reminder, like bullet points in booklets. Um, sometimes it's scenarios to run through when you leave a business as well. Like, sorry, leave the course to go back into the business. Um, and yeah, just quick fire things that you can grab 
and go, right, I can refresh myself on that well, look or at I can the, put look it at in the place. thing you put under my nose two weeks ago, the app. Yeah. So so T was researching with a company this app that when you go and do your, your course with us, say mm. you do internal leadership or leading yourself, yeah. you learn loads about yourself, blah, blah, blah. Then you go back to the organization and there was this app where you can program what they learned on the course into the app. Mm. And it's like a series of challenges and questions where it all really where, cool. where you can only progress in the app if you get the question right. Yeah. And it's almost like it's a bit of fun and it's gamification, but it allows me to see pathways and different scenarios that I'm going to be presented with. And it's just ain't helping me embed the learnings in real time. Mm. And I thought that was a really cool thing. Yeah. And there's loads of technologies and loads of gamification type stuff that's out there right now mm. that you can give to your uh, learners as resources which are mm. going to help embed the courses and yeah. not replace them that's what we're not saying yeah here. neither replace each other you've got to be wrapped around yes that's what we think pre pre during and post and that actually links back to your speed learning a little bit as it does, well it does yeah yeah and it's you know it's not saying resources not courses it says resources not just courses yeah and we talk a lot to our clients about this this is why the partnership program exists because you know we've got to be able to offer more yeah. than just the experience on the day absolutely wrap around care number four the fourth trend of delivery mm. mobile learning so again some of these are intrinsically linked but allow me to learn on the go learning shouldn't be limited to one dedicated place Advances in technology and the development of various apps and programs means that we can now access learning resources on the go via mobile phones, tablets, and laptops. So it's removing the barriers, isn't it? Yes. And and I guess what this means is, and, and there is a difference because we know building our own T2 hub is mobile is different to desktop. Yeah. It's not always compatible and they're not always optimal. So how do you give me access to something that is really optimal for mobile yeah. that I can access on the go anywhere yeah. in the world yeah. mobile learning is incredibly important no excuses then is there to to not have that ability to dip back in and learn and if you are someone who likes to do it short and often or space learning or something similar then it just gives you an opportunity when you're in a i don't know traveling on the train's a great example i'm always learning when i'm traveling because there's not really a lot else i can do mm. <laughs> so i can be literally doing it then and not feeling like i'm wasting my time um, and like i say apps and even like access to podcasts and stuff as well. well. Podcasts, the emergence of podcasts over the last 10 years, probably five, more last five years particularly, that's the main way people are learning on the go mm. via a podcast with your earphones in. I would or, agree or, with that. And yeah. TED Talks as well, similar, yeah. similar impact when TED Talks first launched. Mm. So arguably it's like I can listen to a podcast and watch a TED Talk and learn a lot. So my travel time is not dead time. And that's how it does feel when you're a business sometimes. I always think that, you know, those journeys for four hours in your car to a meeting that, you know, is going to be absolutely majorly important when you get there. It's so frustrating. I used to just like be desk bombing people on the phone constantly because I think I have to do something while I'm driving. So now I always feel like I'm really intelligent when I get somewhere. Because well, <laughs> always... I've listened to three podcasts on the way there but and I've got loads of ideas. Well I always feel really motivated. Yeah, I do. So, yeah. so I listen to some and and I, there might be a little segment in there or something I hear which gets me thinking and gets my brain going. Yeah. And even if it's not the one thing I've heard, I feel generally motivated yeah. to go and do something and go and mm. kick on. And I think that there's a real power in that. Yeah. But you have to cater for it. So 
what we're doing to drive mobile learning in, mm. in our organizations and, and encouraging it and encouraging yeah. it yeah, yeah. And, and giving the space and the permission yeah. to do so five hybrid learning now this is an interesting one oh yeah right hybrid gets used a lot post pandemic but we've got to cater for hybrid learning in 2023 i just want to do two definitions t there is a difference between blended learning and hybrid yes yeah don't confuse the two so when you think of the different ways of learning now you've got face-to-face traditional face-to-face yeah you've got virtual whether that's zoom sessions teams sessions whatever it might mm-hmm. be you've got distant traditional distant learning where i'm on an online platform module on my yeah. own mod- following a bunch of modules yeah so you've got live training and pre-recorded type training mm-hmm. but you've got these different ways of developing now yes now Blended, so the term blended learning is when an organization creates a program of learning which features all of those different types of platforms. So you're going to do your first session face-to-face, then you've got a a, a couple of modules to do online, pre-recorded modules to do online between the second session. The second session is then going to be over Zoom, Mm. and then the last session is going to be face-to-face. If you designed a program like that, that would be blended learning because the organization is providing different ways of learning, but everybody on that program will follow the same pattern. You all do the face-to-face, you all do the Zoom, you all Mm. do your module hybrid is different yeah hybrid learning is when you can deliver a a module in a program and the recipients or the delegates can choose whether they want to dial in via zoom or whether they attend in person and that can be tricky that's incredibly technologically that is tricky and for facilitation as we know it can be quite frustrating so it's interesting, isn't it? Because some people, like you say, with with blended learning, what's great about that is that you sometimes still have options. So it's blended in the sense of you can attend live, whatever it might be. But some people will tell you because of their learning style, they're going to attend all the live that they can because they learn better like that. But I guess with blended, you're taking into consideration anybody in the business. There's all sorts of different learning styles and ways of doing things, right? Whereas with hybrid, it can be tricky. Because sometimes it's not because you don't want to be in the room. It's because you've got no choice because of other commitments mm. and you still don't learn as well. I mean, so as, as practitioners, we can be honest because we we are some of the people who have got a lot of time under our belt in delivering yeah. this. And we've done so many hybrid sessions where we've had six people in the room and three people dialing in or a yeah. person dialing in on a laptop. It's really hard because... The yeah. dynamic is different. The facilitator's got to cater for both. And that's tricky. The, which yeah. is tricky. Breakouts aren't straightforward anymore no. because they're not. Frustrating. Breakouts, you're always going to have a, yeah. an element where the people online are not involved fully in any breakout work. It's not impossible, but it's difficult. However, mm. what it's saying is if some people are at home or working from home or have kids mm. or have responsibilities, to not miss out if organizations can try and offer hybrid learning where they can dial in versus being in the room, mm. but you both both types of delegates experience the same thing, that's hybrid. Yeah. If not, it's blended, which is then just the different, yeah. different, type, variations. different variations. So I don't think what we've looked at the research and even ourselves either at T2, we're offering hybrid, but we haven't mastered it yet. No, and, and, it's and I don't think anybody has because it's tricky. Mm. But the future is going down a route where you go, if you can cater for all employees, no matter where they are, to either be virtual, face to face, whatever it might be, 
and you can have the techno- technology to be able to enable that, but also you've got the skill sets of the facilitation mm. to do it well, that's going to be a big opportunity for people. It's making sure that that the, the distance isn't there, affinity distance and physical distance, isn't it? Because it doesn't matter, like you say, whatever the content is, however great that that kind of, um, I guess, the, 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 the content of the actual session is, the experience that someone's going to get home versus the experience that people are going to get in the office. And also the connection between the two is going to be very difficult. So you've really got to be able to master all those things and think of maybe where you can zone in on, you know, the group at home a little bit more, the people in the room a little bit more. And that is really difficult. I've always found it really inhibits brainstorming in in a room because all the people in the room on the sessions I've done, they all start brainstorming. They do. And it's like, yeah, yeah. So what is, and they're all, and and Mm. it's not unhealthy. Sometimes they're interjecting and engaging and talking. And and it's all going like this and it's great. And then all of a sudden someone will have the realization that Graham's on virtual Mm. and then they'll stop and go, Sorry, one second. Graham, have you got any thoughts on this? And then this? he feels exposed as well. And Graham's a bit like, well, I've been listening. I can't really hear what you're saying properly. And I've been listening to what you're yeah. saying. And 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 it just spoils the natural dynamic as it, as is, like, that you would get if Graham was in the room. Mm. So I, I think... Sometimes you've got to do it similarly. You've even got to do... If you're going to do polls online, do a poll in the, in the room. Yeah. You know, and, and that's why sometimes we've had people that have been on virtual and we've actually said, rather than being in one room and dialing in via one camera, because you're all in the same room... It's actually sometimes better for you all to go back to your desk and dial in. Yeah. Because then we're we're ver- we're fully ver- we're in the same space, but we can then do polls and we can be equal. So it just goes to show that it depends on the subject matter as well, doesn't it? Does it, it does? Yeah. So we're going to come on to the five content trends in a second before okay. we finish. But just just recapping then, the five big learning and development delivery trends for 2023. Number one, speed learning. I need yeah. the answer now. Mm-hmm. How are we catering for that? Number two, personalized learning. I need my own learner journey. I like that I go on with a cohort or a group, but what are we doing to give me my own personal learning learner journey? Number three, resources, not just courses. Mm-hmm. Courses and training is invaluable and and it you know it's really where the bulk of the knowledge transfer happens. However, how can you help me embed it with tools? and Mm -hmm. apps and whatever it might be back in the organization. Number four, mobile learning. I'm going to need to learn on the go. I'm going to need to be moving around trains, planes, automobiles. How (laughs) can I learn on the go Mm. with mobile learning? And number five, hybrid. The difference between hybrid and blended is clear. We've we've highlighted Mm -hmm. that. But are you doing anything to give me the option to attend in person or dial in remotely? Because that's what employees are needing more and more going forward. Right, learning content trends okay. for 2023. You won't be surprised that there's a couple in here that never really move, but we'll go yeah. through them. There are a couple of emerging ones. First content trend for 2023, what are people wanting in organizations? What are employees and, and leaders saying, we need this change management? Well, now, we know this, don't we? It's no surprise, is it? That, that's the first one, given COVID has created an awful lot of change as has things like Brexit, as has things like the cost of living crisis, recession, uncertainty. There's a lot of change happening in organizations right now. Mm. Not many leaders are well-equipped to deal with it. We've seen our Leading Through Change program become more popular over the last 12 months than ever because people are genuinely saying our leaders don't know how to lead through change or Mm. what change is, how people respond to change, how do we you know, navigate through that. So change management is still slap bang 
in the top five content trends for this year. What are you doing as an organization to educate your both leaders and teams on change and how we can navigate this together? Number two, hybrid working. (laughs) That word again. It's no surprise really, is it? Um, We've just talked about the difference, but what we're talking about here is not delivering hybrid training. We're talking about remote working versus on-premise versus hybrid. Yeah. Remote working is you are wholly remote. On-premise working means you are permanently on-premise. Hybrid means you can do a mixture of the two. Mm. What's the best strategy? Is it working? What are the pros and cons? In our HR exec session coming up to you, I'm going to talk about some of the challenges we're seeing in in, in the different areas. Yeah. Something remotely, we're seeing some real interesting stuff around productivity and autonomy is going up for yeah. remote workers. Yeah. Real positive. Got high levels of trust, so that's good. We're, but we're also seeing some levels of collective creativity diminish. Yeah. We're seeing accountability yeah. slightly diminish. Yeah, of course. So there's pros and cons to this hybrid. Cultural stuff as yeah. well, right? Because you're not around each other as much. So, But it's a hot topic too, is yeah, what we're saying for 2023. Yeah. I don't think anybody's true. I think leaders are a little bit scared of it. They don't know what to do. It's like, do we do we make a firm call? What is hybrid? Do we categorize our workers? Yeah. How do we justify that? You know, yeah. they're really in a dilemma with it. And it, and it depends on um, within de- certain businesses, your role as well, right? Because a lot of people made the change to say, uh, well, the decision to say, well, we can all come back now so everyone get back. Other people are going, oh, actually, no, we're actually, like you say, we're, we're quite productive here and we've got high levels of trust, so we're good with it. Um, but I think it is, you're right. People are tiptoeing in there and going, what do we do? We're not quite sure what's working. Um, and then, of course, then we're having to recruit people into new roles now. And we've got to set the precedents from the beginning, haven't we? Hmm. So is it hybrid? Is it remote? Is it on premise? That's an interesting debate as it well. Is. I've got a really strong theory formulating as I find yeah. out more, but it's for another podcast. Oh, OK. We'll say hybrid working is it's a new joiner to the top five. It's banging mm. in the charts at number two. Yeah. What are you doing to educate and address it? Mm. Number three, being there for five years, it ain't going anywhere. Resilience and mental health. <laughs> no, yeah. we've put resilience and mental health. You could call it mental health and well-being. Resilience is absolutely in there. The resilience of our organizations and our employees and and, and supporting mental health. Uh, I don't think that's going anywhere. I think no. it's going to be at the it's going to be directly the, linked with change as well. It's going to be at the it? top of your radar. Yeah. Um for all organizations. Number four. Again, risen over the last few years, equality, diversity, and inclusion, EDI. Mm -hmm. It's an ever-expanding area. It requires a lot of TLC. It does. We know that. We're going through our own quals and educating ourselves further on this to enhance our offering in this area. Mm. However, it's really important that organizations keep up to date with EDI policies, but more importantly, they have open conversations and education with their staff mm. and with their teams around what is EDI, especially T with leaders. Yeah, for sure. And what's right in their organization and calling out the stuff that isn't isn't right. But um, I'm a firm believer in this, and I'm gonna say it. We've got to understand EDI as a leader. We've got to understand unconscious bias, mm. microaggressions, where we might be unintentionally getting it wrong. But we cannot be terrified to lead and manage. No. We cannot be watching and minding every single thing we say. Basic human interaction has to play out, but we've got to be mindful of 
equality, diversity, inclusion. And we learn from it. And we've got to learn from Mm. it. And we've got to make sure that if we do mess up, if we fall foul of bias, whatever it might be, we're open to receive feedback, we're open to talk, and we've got some accountability going forward. But we Mm. cannot be vilified and scared to death all the time of letting basic human interaction play out. It's such a fine line. It so is. It is, and it's difficult. More to come on this from us. Yeah, in the we've, next... got, we've got. We've just got to feel confident asking questions. That's what I think. We have and have conversations. And the final one with a few minutes left. T final content uh, trend is reward and recognition in brackets as we head into a recession. Oh, so, interesting because it is going to change the dynamics of things, right? We're going to head into a. Well, we're heading into the recession. Um, it's going to be tight. There's a lot of things that don't allow people the luxuries of offering lavish reward and recognition. Mm. The grand gestures are not going to be affordable. No. Pay rises, bonuses, offsites, big shindigs, dues, whatever mm. it might be, right? I, I still think there'll be places for some of that. But if not, what does reward and recognition look like? Because as we know in our you know, knowledge and, and, and data, it's, it's not all about the grand gesture. Sometimes it's about a thank you. Sometimes yeah. it's about feeling fulfilled and recognized for what you do. It's got to be a personalized thing, I think. I think if you get to know your people, you can figure out what makes them tick. And quite often, the, the studies show that it's not directly linked with your salary or your bonuses. It's linked, linked, like you say, with the purpose yeah. and the value you add. And getting to know people is the key to that, isn't it? It is. Recognition is different things to different people. Hmm. But what you need to think about as an organization this year is, Reward and recognition is in the top five, in brackets, as we head into the recession. So you've got to what think are you going to do differently? Yeah. How are you going to keep a high level of recognition and reward when the purse strings are tight and when you don't mm. have the luxury of the grand gesture? Yeah. How, how are you going to do that? And I think you need to get creative. Definitely. So just before we wrap up, T, because we're in our last 50 seconds, five content areas mm. for this year on trends, change management, hybrid working, resilience and mental health, equality, diversity and inclusion, and reward and recognition as we head into a recession. So some things to start thinking about, really. A lot to start thinking about from a delivery perspective, how you deliver your development, but the Mm. areas you focus on as an organisation. Absolutely. Love that. Yeah. T, we'll we'll pick up on some of those topics individually. For sure. Enjoyed it as always. And um, we'll be back shortly with another T2 Hubcast. See you soon. See you soon.